One, two, three. Nailed it. Hello and welcome to the Section 109 podcast from Studio Breezy. We're here to celebrate the NISA regular season champions, Matthew, Chattanooga Football Club. Chattanooga's first professional uh, National League sports trophy. Tell me about that. That's it. It's Chattanooga's first professional league, uh, National League sports trophy. Little lookouts have won some pennants uh, in some Southern Leagues and stuff like that. But it's all the Southern League. But it's all, always been the Southern League. Um, the, once in like 1932, they, they won something called the Dixie League, which was the winner of the Southern League versus the winner of the Texas League. Um, but no, nothing with the North or California like, yeah, included. Yeah, n- nothing, nothing. They brought everything together. So I guess, I, I think AAA does that. I don't know if AA does that or not. We are also the only team in Chattanooga city limits to play in a National League. So that's pretty fun. Yeah, true. All right. So let's talk about the game and how it went. But first, let's talk about lineups. Well, so a uh, uh, reminder for, for folks, um, it's a 2-0 win in Rochester. Um, and and just my overall thoughts on the game before we actually get to the roster and, Not and stuff like that. Um, I thought we I thought we played pretty well. I thought it was well-managed. I thought it was very professional. Um, it was a clear step forward. And we also had the benefit of, of watching the game today before recording knowing the result which i think helped a lot yeah 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 that first half would have been rough emotionally had we not already known the result when watching yeah not because not because we were poor i think we were actually decent in the first half but because we didn't score and we didn't have any shots um but like there was just so much danger adjacent stuff there and danger adjacent in a different way than Savannah, a little step forward from, yeah, actually absolutely. I would say an actual step forward from Savannah, um, and a big step forward, for, or maybe even two steps forward from where we were like three weeks ago. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get into the lineup now. Uh, John Antoine in goal, no surprise there. Sebastian Capazucci stays at right back. He appears to be the starting right back now with Colin Stripling still out with injury. Yeah, Anatoly, uh, Aiden Bowers, Joseph Perez. Richard Dixon, McGrath, Luis Garcia Sosa, uh, Matiah Wape came back into the team uh, as the starter at right wing. Jesus Sabara on the left wing. Marcus Nagelstad at striker. There, there aren't all, all, a lot of surprises, really, truly anymore. Um, no, this this appears to be the first choice eleven for Rod Underwood, uh, apart from maybe Sebastian uh, being an injury first choice eleven guy. But uh, this has been the one we've rolled out for a while. Even the subs are the same subs that it's been for a while, which was Beto in the ninetieth, Lenny in the ninetieth, uh, and that was actually one of the time each of them in separate windows, and Juan Luis in the eighty sixth. Uh, Juan Luis coming in for Jesus, um, Beto coming in for Luis, and those two our substitutions are basically the normal substitutes, quote-unquote, other than it's Jesus that that comes out and not Mutai Mwape, but Juan Luis has been coming out on the wing. But then the kind of wild one was Lenny Lopez coming in for uh, Mutai Mwape, which isn't, like, crazy. You're just putting in another big body to do the running and head the ball out and whatever else, but it was just interesting to see that, and he got, you know, his customary one to ten minutes at the end of the game. <laughs> yeah. Um. So let's... Uh, there are two goals in this game. Let's go ahead and just cover those, get them out of the way. Sure, let's um, do it. 50th minute or so, it's Marcus Nagelstad. Two goals in two games for him. Both from the run of play. Uh, yeah, both from the run of play. I think the, uh, the the sequence 
that sets up this this first goal is is a good one. Uh, while we were danger adjacent in the first half, and had and I had some moments where like a good touch uh, or like just the right touch on a on a pass or whatever. What minute did we score in? Like the fiftieth. So the first five minutes of the second half, we when we were watching you were counting shots and we had four shots in like the first yeah, we had five a, minutes we, or so. We had a shot. I think it was the, the free kick that happened right after the goal. Um, and I think that was the, the fifth shot in six minutes to come out of the, to come out of the gate in and the second so, half. And something that you said, or I said, maybe, I don't know. One of us said was that I think Rod Underwood's half halftime speech might've included shoot the fucking ball <laughs> because we just came out with that. Like, uh, nothing crazy, but like we were just when the shot opened up, even if it wasn't perfect, we were taking it. And by the way, that's how we get the goal. Yeah. So a, a nice sequence. Um, Sebastian plays a, a really good ball um, diagonally towards uh, on diagonally towards Mutayam Wape, who just takes his defender on, uh, cuts inside, uh, and uh, lays the ball off, kind of square to Marcus. They just play a, a, an easy one-two. Uh, Marcus back to to Mumu. It's a, it's and, a it, it starts as like a two on five, and then ends up two on two, which is awesome. And 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 Mumu Mumu's first touch uh, takes the ball a little bit behind him, but he's able to, to to collect it still. And then his third touch is the shot, and uh, it's a little bit like kind of right at the keeper a little bit, um, but it also flat foots the keeper. The keeper can only parry it straight forward or slightly off to the side, but it's not like he doesn't parry it way out wide. Yeah, and and in doing so, partially because because his first touch. Uh, or he need Mumu needed time to collect the ball before he shot it, and partly because the the keeper's parry is is relatively soft. Uh, Marcus just has time, and 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 to his credit, like makes a really makes smart a, run, makes a really really smart run. Hey, it's Marcus clean, doing Marcus to, Fox in the box shit again to, to clean things up, and then he just kind of chips the keeper, resettles it, and taps the ball in for what I think. Will go down in in Chris Nugent's XG graph as a 1.0 shot chance. Um, I'm sure it's not a 1.0, but it's pretty fucking close. Um, <laughs> I will. It's nice that the second game in a row we've seen Fox in the box shit. Um, you know the thing that we always said is Marcus does Marcus shit, and like this was that. Like it's a great. It's being in the right place, the right time. It's making a smart run. It's popping up, and it's doing the thing you need to do to score. That's really good. You could see the confidence that Marcus had in this game. He looked different than he's looked the past few games. Um, just yeah, he, you, you could just see he was feeling it, and and not not just him. Like actually, the team. You could see the whole team looked more confident. And something you said before last game was that we just needed to see the ball hit the back of the net. And I, I really think you see that from these last two games. Once the ball hit the back of the net against Savannah. It, even though like it wasn't like a, this giant beatdown of Savannah like we would have liked it to be, it was a solid win. We got it done, and but we played with more confidence once that first ball hit the back of the net in Savannah. We played with much more confidence in this game against a team that has, quite frankly, frustrated us three times this year. We've gotten the job done one of those times, two of those times, two of those, two times. those times, two, two, win, two yeah, wins and a draw, and two wins and a draw. But we got, but it, it was those were hard fought. Is my point? Like, yeah, I, I would argue Flower City defensively has played us better than any other team all year. And in this game, they they lined up a little bit differently than they have before. They lined up to try to win because they needed three points. But we absolutely sliced and diced them. We didn't always get the shot, but we sliced and diced them most of the game. We got plenty of big chances in the second half, and we really were just back playing how maybe not how we want to play in the at the end of the time like we're, we're not to the end of our like journey of offense but we are much closer than we were 
a couple weeks ago to, to hitting on maybe five of our six cylinders, not six of our six cylinders, instead of hitting on three cylinders and being rocky. Something we wanted to see from this last stretch of games heading into the playoffs was number one, there was a job to do, and it was to, to accumulate enough points to be the regular season champions. Which we did, shout out. And we also, like maybe almost more importantly, we wanted to make sure that the performances got better and that whatever lull uh, we were in, we played ourselves out of it. And and so I thought, you know, Gold Star was an, it was an incredibly rusty performance, right? Savannah was better. It didn't always come off well. Yeah, Savannah wasn't good. It was it was encouraging. But it was but it was better. You could see that like there was different intent in terms of how Very to play. Very different intent. And while it didn't always come off, it was still like I I was encouraged by that. And something we saw in this game is we balanced that intent. You and you look at better. the you look at the first half and although there were no shots, the intent was still there, and the chances that we were able to create, um, and again with no shots, were even more dangerous. I would argue than than the Savannah game. Yeah, uh, we were just getting. Uh, and if people are wondering, like, kind of like one, what do we one mean little by thing, that? one touch us down. away, which which lets us down, or the defender just barely gets a foot on it, but the pass is really like really close, and it would have been one on one with the keeper. Or, you know, uh, the touch goes wide and the defender's able to get, like, so it would be touch and then shot, and it would be a great shot, or a great chance, rather, except for the defender just barely gets a poke on it. You know, it was all these things just barely, barely, so we couldn't quite get the shot, but it's different because we spent it's a different weeks it's there. A, it's a different type of danger adjacent. Yes. Because, like, if not for one little touch by a defender or one touch for one of our players that lets us, lets us down yes. in the moment, we're talking about, like, full-on, like, sirens air raid danger. Hell yeah! You know, I like that descriptor. So like, it, it, it was a it, so even the first half was was encouraging, although frustrating, uh, because you want those things to come off. And then the second half, we start it in the in the uh, in just an incredibly good way. They're immediately generating shots. Um, you know, like small things, but sometimes small things lead to bigger things. And 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 in fact, the goal comes off of, of one of those sequences. And then after the goal. Like, we don't stop. Like, it's still waves and waves of pressure uh, for the next 10 minutes or so until uh, until the red card. And, and, and in fact, like, we go probably another eight minutes of just wave after wave of pressure, shot here, shot there, like, you know, some, some really good play. And then Flower City finally gets into our attacking third for the first time. And... Um, and, and, and has the ball for a couple minutes, isn't doing anything with it. They they win a corner, we take care of business there, and then once we play out, uh, is, is the red card sequence, and it's a really interesting one. Yeah, let's talk about the red card. So, I I saw some I saw some 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 chatter from from our fan base, and I understand it entirely uh, that that they thought you know the the red's a little bit soft. It's pretty fortunate, and I'm actually here to disagree with you. That's a nailed on straight up red red card. And the reason why it is, it's because it's, it's a denial of an obvious goal-scoring opportunity. Um, I think obvious is extra extra words from me. It's just a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity. But the... And, and yes, like, let's get it out of the way. There are two Flower City players that are, like, sort of kind of in the picture. Except they're spread out so wide that when the first foul is committed, the, the red card is given for the first foul, mm-hmm. not for the second foul. And, and you can tell that because the referee gives the card and then walks the play back to where the first foul occurred. Um, what's his name? Gabriel Ortiz like 
tries to bear hug Luis, who fights through so, it. Right. So like, there's there's two fouls in the play from the same player in the same sequence, and that's the thing. Like, so if, if you just look at the second foul, which is much better executed, he actually pulls him down. Right. The second foul would not be dog so. It's it's a yellow card because it's a yellow because card. Players but, but the players are getting back. But the reason those players are able to get back is, is right before that he grabs him, holds him back for just a second. Luis fights through it, but that's a red card because the, at that point there were no defenders back, and Luis is in on goal to either pass it to Marcus or go in himself, and there's nobody to stop him. CFC the, CFC but, has uploaded the video to YouTube of of, of the entire game. Shout out CFC for doing that. Uh, and if you pause well, it, we all know Flower City can't be trusted to do that. If you pause, shout out missing game. If you pause it on uh, the moment that Ortiz's touch takes, uh, let's let Luis steal it right off of him, and and like really, that's where the first foul occurs. You can see that all that has to happen because the because it, it's a bad turnover and it's in possession. So Flower City has two of their three center backs like flared out wide big time. Yes. They're both out of the picture. Marcus is inside of both of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, like one guy's not even not even close. There's one guy near Marcus, but Marcus has the inside line. All Luis has to do is just play a diagonal ball on the ground, like right to the top of the box, and Marcus is one on one. Or and and I agree with you, but or or Luis, Luis can, can just, just take going. two steps, and he's also at the top. Like it's it's dog so, but again, it's only dog so because and it only feels bad. And if like when when I first watched it with you, I went, ooh, that's painful. Like that hurts. Poor guy, unlucky. Like, and then we rewatched it, and if you just if you go like frame by frame, you see that the foul happened first, and where the defenders are, and then you see the second foul, which is the much more egregious one. That happens just after that, and it it is actually for once a very good call. It's it's letter of the law, dog so, and and it, and if the referee had just decided to to play advantage and then give us the second foul and give a yellow card, I think you can nitpick on it, but like okay, like he he played advantage, we got a little further, then there's another foul, like you know, whatever, like it's mm. maybe it should be red, but like you know. That's such as life. But like, no, he straight up said, like, that's a dog so moment. Is there advantage? There's not advantage. We're going back, and that's dog so. So I think there's I mean, like you could you could tell that the player was really frustrated by it, but also like that's just that's how the game goes also, sometimes. He I think he's all he's frustrated, yes, because he's hard he feels hard done by, but also because he made the turn. And he also he made the and fuck he also up, like, and he made the foul. He it's it's all him the whole way. Yeah. I mean he's not yelling at the ref, like no, he's he's just got his he knows he knows that that killed Flower City's chances of getting a win that they desperately or, need or a draw honestly anything that they desperately yep. need because now fate is not in their hands in the playoff picture and that's not to say that like they're going to have any problems because I don't think Club de Leon is going to suddenly pick up enough points to to knock Flower City out of the playoffs but like Flower City cannot do anything else about this now mm-hmm. so. I agree with that. So let's talk. And so the red card, that's. Uh, yeah. And then from when that happens, Flower City becomes absolutely uh, just useless offensively, as, as is not terribly surprising. They still have to come out in pressure so that leave gaps, they leave like openings and we just carve them apart for, you know, really until the until the second goal. And then we keep, just keep doing it for fun. So something I want to talk about is in the first half, um, Flower City had a couple chances that felt very bad and felt very dangerous. Uh, but they actually weren't that dangerous. They were just like a decent shot. Diacate, the the league's worst good striker or worst producing striker, rather, because he always gets a few goals, but he sucks. He has, um, he has a nice turn, and, he has a nice, a, a nice turn, touch and, nice... and turn, and, and and close, uh, you know, a close shot that's not 
terribly it's not going to go down as a as a massive chance on the XG charts but like sometimes those go in right but, so there and then there's two more chances there's one where Jean makes an excellent save that you if you remember the details of we can talk through yeah and then there's also one where playing out of the back goes wrong on Twitter could have played that um, <laughs> so we have we have a moment basically towards the end of the game and we'll we'll rewind in a minute but I just want to talk about um, it's good to have a, a good shot stopper in goal because Jean makes an excellent save one on one which we can talk about and then also at the end he he's covering the angle when we make a really bad pass straight to somebody at the top of the box who hits it first time that probably should bury it. I mean, it should have been two one. There's there's two outside of the box chances in the first half, and 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 our our worst period of the game is probably minute twenty four or so, uh, through about minute forty. A, kind of a not great fifteen minute stretch for us, and Flower City is able to generate uh, the Diacate chance, uh, a Luke Ferreira chance. I think Cartagena also has a chance, although that might be a little bit earlier. And and none of those hit the target, but they were, you know, like sometimes low percentage chances go in and mm-hmm. like we they weren't necessarily completely covered off where it was a problem like a good shot might actually go in and then there's the Luke Ferreira chance that John saves on a counterattack um and and some of our passing in that in that stretch was particularly sloppy and that's why Flower City was able to 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 regain possession and and and, and have some opportunities uh and then and then we were just top notch in the second half uh until and until like some of our some of our closing down uh, or, or, or decision-making up, up two goals, up a man in the last 10 minutes of the game left a little bit to be desired um, where you just got to know, you just got to like know better. You just got to go along with that ball. But also we're nitpicking here because yeah. we nitpick a lot. And here's there's also just not a lot to be mad about. Here's the, exactly. And here's, here's the thing that I am happy about. The only big chances we're conceding still like truly big chances, even though that one Jean excellent save, like, it's also at a create a, a pretty it's, tight it's, angle. It's actually not a not a huge chance. It's a tight angle. It's just it's a decent shot, and, and John and, makes and a great save. And shout out to JP because JP tracks that and and shapes the Ferreira's yeah. run with the ball to a less dangerous part of the field. But if you look at our past two games, the only big chances we've allowed are self inflicted. And Correct. all season, I think you can see that. Which isn't for me to. I'm not here to criticize the team. I'm just saying we're playing so like well that the chances we are nitpicking that's good <laughs> like, right, right right our defense is so good, good. yeah our defense is so good that we just don't allow big chances that aren't self-inflicted so just mentioning them i want to um, give a special shout out to the wingers defensively mm. uh, and, and i'll include marcus in there in terms of his running from from up top like there was some really really good tracking back there was some really good straight up like one-on-one defending uh and also like adding adding numbers to, to collapse defensively there was some really good stuff. There was a lot of stuff to be actually really happy with. I agree. Um, in that game, especially because that game could have been Flower City Bunkers plays for a point. Uh, and actually, they come out and they played. And, you know, I, I think I think at times they gave us a, a little bit of a little bit of a challenge, a little bit of something to work through. And we worked through that. And that's also a really good sign. I want to highlight two things that I, th- I saw that was evident from our offense. In this game, it was better. We played quicker. Um, the last two games has been the case, but in this game, especially we played much quicker. We recycled the ball quicker. We played more one touch. We attacked, um, in sync and in tandem, but quicker. We were just, the rhythm was better. Yeah. We weren't, we weren't quite so slow and methodical. Very, very rhythmic. The, the joke that is made a million times in this podcast and elsewhere, you know, the possession without penetration is masturbation joke. Like we didn't do a lot of that because we were continually penetrating with intent. 
So we were getting, if we weren't getting shots, we were still dangerous adjacent, one touch away, et cetera, et cetera. We have at times this season been really slow and methodical in possession and not had any sort of penetration, but we were very penetrating with our passes. And you, that goes in, goes into my next point, which is passes into the box. We were regularly in this game passing the ball into the box. It wasn't always being completed, yeah. it, but it was it was forward, or it was sideways, or it was diagonal, or whatever. I was, but it was, I was into the box regularly, including occasionally across in the air first time. And when we vary those up, and when we're attacking with intent, we're being brave, which was your word on the, when we were rewatching. That is different. That is an evolution from a few weeks ago. We are yeah. braver, and we were more balanced in this game. And look, we're not there yet, and we have to be better than we were today. Uh, in order for us to feel good about our chances of winning in the playoffs. He said today because it happened for him today. Because the game happened for me today because <laughs> I watched it today. Um, but also, this is, we are trending in the right direction. Yeah. And I feel very, very, very good about the trend uh, of the team. I feel good about the confidence of the team. And I'm just glad to see this response because this is exactly the response I think we wanted to see. I was just going to mention the underlapping runs. Uh, uh, absolutely. The balls being played uh, for an underlapping run into the box. Which because, happened repeatedly. Because the crosses that happen from those angles, especially like cutbacks from those angles, are just, if you get a shot of tempo off, it's a massively high chance. Um, and, I mean, think about think about the, the, the JP chance uh, in, in the 80s. Um, in the second half, you've got the the Luis Garcia Sosa chance in the first half that his touch lets him down on. Uh, if he settles that thing, it's a shot or it's a cutback for Marcus. Um, there's just a lot of like, and, and we mentioned one of those, uh, I think, to either Luis or Beto in the Savannah game last week. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, that, that's we saw something, the same. We saw the same thing we saw last week. The same intent that we saw in Savannah, and we saw it a couple times we were, from from the right side towards Alex. Or but somebody. we were just a little sharper. Yeah. We weren't to our max. We weren't to our sharpest. But we were sharper. It was a step forward. The rhythm. The rhythm's good. The rhythm's getting better. And and I think you're seeing the the quality is 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 starting to to really show up. And and that's going to matter in a playoff scenario where, um, you know, you don't have to be amazing. You just have to stop us from scoring. So look, we we went over. We had that quick little update that we published um, about what we knew was possible um, with the points that were remaining, and uh, it turned out in that Michigan and LA game for anyone who didn't see in the 101st minute, that is the 11th minute of stoppage time, um, 90 plus 11, mm-hmm. the uh, Michigan was able to score and beat LA, so Michigan remained within uh, striking distance of us if they continued to win out, and we lost, and so we still needed a win last night, and yeah. winning was what we needed to do to clinch it. Um, for those that you know, may forget all of our titles. I know we kind of mentioned this, but all of our previous titles were all, even when we went in in 2016 as the number one seed in the country, either we went in as a number one seed or in the playoffs we, we early on in, somebody lost. We went in as a number one seed, but all, it all came from but it, it, no, it's points for, per game based on our region. points play. per game based on region. So we won a region championship going into the play. We didn't win a national. There was no national NPSL finals winner until you went to the playoffs. There obviously we need to win the playoffs. That is the next step here. And no one is negating that the playoffs are more important. I would rather lose the regular season and win the playoffs than vice versa. Correct. Obviously want to win both, but it, it is worth just pausing a moment, not stopping, but pausing a moment to celebrate what we've accomplished this season, what Rod and the team have accomplished this season. This is a really big milestone. Um, we won it with two games still to play for us in the regular season, which is great. Um, and it's a real accomplishment for the for this team for these guys. You can and something that you can see is that like these guys have unfinished business still to go right, but also like they have a, such a tight locker room and it's such a good group that that isn't 
content with just this. You can see it from the posts on Instagram. You can see it from the posts on the, uh, just in general on the internet. But you can also see it from the way they celebrate together. When Marcus scores, you have Lenny running down the line. Lenny, who could be potentially competing with him in another circumstance, right? And I'm sure they're competitive as competitors, but could be negative and and maybe not you know happy that your battery mate scored because that means you're going to play less potentially. And this is all other situations, but it's very clear we don't have that type of, of adversarial thing going on in this team because you see Lenny's the first one to greet him. When Marcus does the dance, Lenny does the dance too. Like it's the first big embrace. The whole team, you can just, man, it, it you can just feel it from the outset that this team is really playing for each other. And, and Rod talked about it about leadership and how much they cared about how the guys are uh, off the field. And there are no guarantees. Playoff soccer is a fickle thing. Yeah. But this team is going in as the best team in the league. Clearly the stats show it. If when you go to the table and you look at our goal difference, you look at our, our wins and, and everything else, but also they're going in as a united group, not as a, uh, not as a group that's, that's warring or and coming out of this period of time, uh, a lesser, a team that's less tight could have fractured. Yeah. I I would also just say that I think this team knows what the objective is. I do too. And I think they I think they set out really well baby steps. So like, you know, it, it it's develop a style. Play with that style, get better with that style. Can we get points with that style? Can we now uh, put ourselves, you know, in playoff position as fast as possible. Can we get a, give ourselves a home game in the playoffs as fast as possible? Can we secure a semifinal? Okay, now what's the next thing? Let's let's go ahead and clinch the title. Now, can we continue to like? And some of these things have to happen at the same time. But like, okay, we had a bad, a, kind of a rough stretch of, of form in games. Like, can we can we can we build on that? Can we can we, you know, get a little bit sharper? Get a little bit more rhythm and flow to our game? Can we? grow a little bit through a little bit of adversity. Can we also, you know, get a massive three points in Savannah that set everything else up? Okay. Now, you know, can we, we, we watch what happens with, with LA and Michigan. So can we win the, the regular season title? So like with two games to go in the, in the regular season, the next steps are, can we continue to get better so that when, when, when November five comes around playoff semifinal, no matter who the opponent is, no matter how they want to play, do they want to bunker? Do they want to come out and play with us? Do they want to high press us? Whatever, do they, they want to compress midfield in a mid block? Whatever they want to do, can we go out and play our game? Break them down in our way, limit their chances, maximize our chances, and, and ultimately win a semifinal and then do the same thing in the final, mm-hmm. right? Those, those, are the, those are the next steps. Can mm-hmm. we get a little bit better and then a little bit better? And then can we just win when it matters? Um, and so little by little, step by step, uh, this team's been building all season to something. And and now the next thing is win a semifinal at home. Right. And and and, I, and honestly, like it, it's playoffs, so like it's going to be it's going to be tough. It's gonna be it's gonna be charged uh, emotionally and, and and mentally. And and good teams just have to to play through, uh, play through the tough times and and, and keep composed and, and be prepared. And you know that's. Well, that's what we're building towards. So if you're cool with this, um, I have a question for you, and then we can go to our three key takeaways. Um, well, actually, I actually have two two kind of topics, and then we'll go to our key, key takeaways. Okay. Uh, do you feel like we talked about the goals enough? Did we talk through Luis's enough? Uh, we didn't. We did not talk about Luis's goal. Uh, it's it's just a, a really good sequence of wave after wave of pressure. Uh, you know, Flower City just does enough 
to stop that wave, clears it, we win the ball back, we go again. Um, really nice se- sequence from Sebastian to just play a big square ball to Joseph Perez. Also, there's some really good work from from Dixon and McGrath uh, winning the ball or, or, or maintaining possession at the top of the box. And the recycle happens. Uh, JP plays a great ball in for Luis. And Luis just sees the keeper a little off his line, takes a chance, maybe gets a little deflected help. I'm not sure. Um, and it drops. And and sometimes, okay, like a little bit of fortune. But that's that's part of the game. And, and you know, for what we created in that game, like, yeah, we deserved a second goal. So you don't care how it happens. Speaking of creation, I just want to point out the, the JP chance that was probably the biggest chance of the game for us that just... It happens. It's a bad touch. I'm not. I'm not here to um, criticize that. But it's a 12 pass sequence. We use 12 passes oh, to yeah, cut. Yeah. Bing, we counted them. Bing, 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 all the way through yeah. to a cut back in the box. That is what Rod Underwood wants. I think. I think if that if that chance goes in, whether whether JP's first touch is good and he, and he can hit it with the second touch cleanly, or if he takes a first touch uh, as a shot, I think that's the kind of goal that you look back at, like say last year's Away Albion mm-hmm. 15 pass sequence goal, and say that's what we're looking for. That's what it was, and it's the, it's first time in a while we've seen a, a big long sequence result in a high quality chance like that. Yeah, and that that chance does not show up on the on the XG stat sheet for the most part. I mean, I guess maybe you count that as a a, a shot. No, it, it's a it's, shot because he hits side netting with it. That's true. It's just such a it's a miscontrol. But my point being is like it's a better it's a better chance if he had hit it first, first time. time. Yeah, but like still like that's. That's the type of chance we want yes. to generate. And yes, they were down a man. And yes, they had some pressure and we were able to play through it. But also, like, that's really good stuff. Agreed. And it's stuff that we haven't always seen uh, from the from, Especially the last little while. Uh, okay, last thing before we get to our three key takeaways. Um, there's something going on with George and the Stars and the <laughs> L.A. fight and Bob and maybe some Albion shenanigans. So... Um, Let's not take too long to celebrate because we're here to celebrate CFC, but there's some serious Nisa wild shit that's going on right now. So the other night in the Albion game, I'll, I'll, I'll set the table and let you take it. Do you want to talk about the LA game first? Or? That's what I meant. Sorry, sorry. Um, in the LA game, the so Michigan, first of all, is on an insane schedule. Do you want to lay out their schedule? Yeah, we kind of did this, in the I think, in the last pod, but basically they had to play uh, at home on Thursday versus LA, away on Sunday versus Albion. And then they are away on Wednesday and Saturday versus Club de Leon. Uh, just kind of playing back to back. And that's just like a lot of travel. That's four coast games to coast. coast to coast. They're probably not going home in, in, in the middle of that. Uh, and it's what four games in nine days. I mean, that's fucking crazy. First, it's off. wild. So it starts off with that huge L.A. Michigan matchup. And it's 0-0 going into the 11th minute of stoppage time in the second half. Uh, Michigan gets a goal on a header. Um, it's no, a, it was not a header. It was not a header? It was just in a corner? It was, it was off of a corner. I, by the way, but like, I haven't watched. It's, it's a corner. It's like kind of clear, but it's not. There's like a block in there. And like I just, it's, it's a wild sequence of play. So I haven't watched it, clearly. But there's a big celebration. And then when the whistle blows at the end of the game. Yeah, right, when the whistle blows, it all kicks off. There's a big brouhaha. Well, you've also got like, in the in the goal I've celebration. Seen, I've seen bits of that, the brouhaha. I've, I've watched the important parts. In the goal celebration, one of the Michigan assistant coaches is on like celebrating on the other side of the field. Is it he the one ran, that, is it the one that's told us to go fuck ourselves? Yes. It's no. it's it's the same guy. He ran across the field to celebrate the goal. I'm pretty sure there's a yellow card given to him um afterwards. Uh I, I think the, the the 
second half or the, the 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 restart happens and the whistle gets blown fairly quickly after that and then all hell breaks loose you've got like la la assistant coaches or coaches i don't really know i wonder if sprinting at officials i wonder if it's the same assistant coach that threatened to kick me out of the game twice that guy's not an assistant coach that's a ball boy <laughs> you've got uh you've got la coaches like sprinting at the officials you've got a, an la bench player like sucker punching a michigan player um, Which, by the way, Michigan is normally the team that sucker punches somebody. So this is a this is a quite the turn of events. Yeah, and and you've got like some some wild Michigan stuff happening too. You've got an assistant coach that's ooh, hang on, that was weird in my ears. You've got an assistant coach. We're fine now. Uh, that has been previously suspended for his role in in sucker punching someone uh, at, at at a CFC game. Phil D'Amico. A couple years ago. Yeah, he sucker punched and, Phil D'Amico. And Brian Beamett did the Lord's work and punched him. Right. Uh, in, protecting his teammate. But like, protecting that's, his teammate. A, that's an assistant coach running onto the field to sucker punch somebody. Uh, this is a couple years ago. You see him like like being held back by one of his players uh, trying to get at, at, at somebody. You've got like three different battlefronts that are, that are going on. Uh, and, and like, it's, it's honestly hard to tell what's going on there, but like to no one's surprise, the league never issued a statement about any suspensions or fines or anything like that related to the fight. G- gun to your head. You think there were suspensions? No, of course not. Number one, Nisa's has never collected a fine in its existence. Number two, Nisa will not cannot and will not punish their owner's team, LA. They just won't. Chairman of the board and majority owner. Correct. They, they just won't do that. Or um, maybe not majority owner, but the no, person who owns the he, most percentage of the yeah, league. Yeah, he's majority owner. Uh, they, they're, they're not going to do that, number one. They just won't. Uh, number two, George, the owner of the Michigan Stars, funds all the special projects or you know helps out, contributes some money when, when a team needs to limp home to the finish. Like they called George for that because he's been willing to do it because he wants a place, he wants a team, he wants to do whatever. So like they're not going to punish George either because what, who's the one person who just straight up forfeited a match because he didn't want to play it in this league? Oh yeah, after the last fight, he forfeited the next match. They had a fight with us, and then which he was an away to trip to California. Exactly. Yeah. So of course, like, you but can't, they, but they, at least they made him forfeit that one. It did make him forfeit. It also didn't matter. Like they weren't going to be in the. Like, it just didn't matter. Like, there's, but like we don't know what happened. They probably didn't want to piss George off. They go to California. So now this is where the fun thing is. So, so th- this whole brouhaha happens. No, I think nobody that's been paying attention to Nisa for a long time was surprised that nothing, nothing came out publicly, and potentially nothing happened at all because of the the dumbness that is that you just explained. But going to California, so George made the trip. You were betting he wouldn't. He did. Um, George take the took it, the team out. It just means made it the just trip. means he cares now. No, I just mean you thought he might just like take his ball and not go, but he did. And then, allegedly, the internets, and we all know the internets are sometimes wrong, but I'm really hoping they're not on this one. Um, the internets were saying there was a reason for the shenanigans at, at Albion. So there were a couple of shenanigans that happened. You can correct me if I'm wrong. There was a, uh, there were like 11 minutes of stoppage time in the uh, first half, or 12 minutes, something like that. And the reason there were so many minutes of stoppage time in the first half is because the referee took a phone call during the game, and I don't think it was from his mom. I think it was from the league because there was a protest from Michigan Stars, it appeared, about something that had gone on in the game during the half. We we think that somewhere in there, um, 
and, and you can look at Fop Mob and see that there's there's a substitution made. And if anybody else was watching this and has a better idea, we will take your your comments and your feedback. Keep there, going. There's a substitution made in the eleventh minute. Uh, because we, like the Knights of Nisa, also don't watch games. <laughs> uh, there's a substitution made in the eleventh minute, and then in the eighteenth minute, there's another substitution, in which like another player replaces the player that subbed in in the eleventh minute. And the best that I can tell so far is that it's a concussion substitute. Mm. What I don't know, and what by the way, I don't really care, uh, but what I don't know is, like, do the rules allow a concussion substitute to be temporary, and then you can replace that player with a different player? I, I don't know. know. Uh, but there's something there's something regarding concussion substitute and, and the protocols, and Nisa's the only league using concussion substitutes about the only thing that possibly doing well. possibly in the world yeah it's a great it's a great policy it should be implemented everywhere it's crazy that us us soccer got rid of it after a year it's absolutely well i think ifap got rid of it and nisa just didn't update manual yeah but also but it's also like the, it's one good. of the few things it's we like give one of the few things that nisa does that absolutely. is actually smart and good and and respects the player welfare absolutely and and players it's, can't get paid but we're going to sub you off if you have, might have a concussion well it's the referees that won't get paid <laughs> player well i guess if you play for some of the play, own. some of the players are getting paid so to my best knowledge, that's that's why there is a because a long a long gap. And by the way, the, because Michigan would have been alleging that the the substitution was made improperly. Now I want to point out that Michigan scores. And this is hearsay because we don't know why Michigan scores in the twenty third minute, which is after the the other substitution happens. And I I note that they scored before the stoppage in play, because otherwise it would have been, you know, the third much, much 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 later. Uh, excuse me, but like there's a stoppage in play and we think it's because Michigan protests and says that's an eligible player. We don't really know exactly. This is what we're guessing. But so like please, if you have more information, let us but know. But like phone call, like, like phones come out. There's a picture of the referee on, on the, the phone. phone during the game, uh, which is, which is Sony. So, so like I, I'd be curious if there's an actual explanation out there, but then you also have a situation. And by the way, Michigan does not come out on time for the second half. They are significantly late. We believe delaying, because they're protesting. Delaying. Yes. Now here comes some more hearsay, which is very fun. You've also got a uh, a lot of the Albion folks on the internet are saying that... Um, Why don't you just read the tweet? <laughs> so like, this is what I don't understand because like, there's, some, there's some weird conflating things going on here. Yeah, well, by the way, uh, this is the part that I'm not sure is true, but I hope it's true and it's very fun. But like apparently uh, a Michigan coach was suspended. We don't know if it's related to the fight. We don't know if it's yellow card accumulation. We don't know who it was or, or anything really. But allegedly this Michigan but allegedly coach there's a the Michigan stands. coach suspended, and they they were in the stands because they weren't allowed to be on the bench, which is normal. That's how it works. Uh, and by the way, you're even actually allowed to like be on the phone. Like someone on the on the bench is I'm pretty sure is allowed to have a phone. Like you're they're allowed to communicate. It's weird, but I don't think IFAB ever got rid of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently. <laughs> That Michigan coach procured somehow an Albion jacket, snuck onto the field with the Albion jacket, and then sat on the bench with the Albion jacket, and then went into the locker room. Uh, allegedly, alleged. This is all alleged, but that, like very clearly violating, like the rules of what you do when you're suspended. Like if a player did that, they are an ineligible player, and would result in that game being forfeited. Now I don't know what the rule is for coaches. Uh, it's probably just a fine. Let's not get ourselves. And Nisa, like I said, has never collected a fine in its history. So like, 
I'm I'm just going to imagine nothing's going to come of this because the cardinal rule with Nisa is you can't punish George because he will take his ball and go home. Maybe. Or maybe that's just the excuse why you don't punish George. This is why I love this so much. If he truly put on an Albion jacket and snuck onto the field <laughs> to get to the locker room to give the team what that is so fucking funny. It's bad. It's not. And by the way, Michigan Stars should be forced to forfeit this game if that did happen. Absolutely. But it's first of all, we know that's not going to happen. And second of all, it's so funny. Like this is so Nisa, and I and I hate Nisa, but it's this so. Is, this is the thing that this some, is the thing where I want Nisa to continue to exist as long as we are not in it because it's so incredible to watch at. Yes. But if you are inside the bus that's on fire, it's just a bus that's on fire. Bingo. I would rather be watching the bus on fire. Yes, it it is it is wonderful. Okay, I actually think we've spent too much time uh, talking about then. So, Matthew, why don't we go straight to your three key takeaways, which uh, I'm betting because we share the same soccer brain most yeah, of the time. Yeah, this is uh, be the they're going to be about the same. This is definitely going to be the same. So, spoiler, just don't don't expect anything from the league or about Michigan or really anything at all. But if it does happen, what I really need and uh, is I, it, I want Nisa just to explain it, and then I want George to to do a, one of those George's little tweet things. I just want George. To, I just yeah, I just want George to make a statement. That's what I want. Uh, okay, three key, key takeaways. Uh, number one, clear step forward from Savannah, which was a clear step forward from Gold Star. There's a lots of danger adjacent in the first half, which turned into actual danger in the second half. Even before the even before the red card, although the red card did help us. For yes, sure. correct. Uh, number two, you don't actually have to be great. You just have to be good enough. And honestly, that's what CFC was against Flower City. We were just good enough. Uh, we're going to need to be great, I think. Well, I guess, I guess technically you don't actually have to be great. You just have to be good enough and fortunate. But like, I think we need to play a little bit better for in a playoff scenario. But also, it was it was it was pretty decent. Like it wasn't bad at all. And and at at the end of the day, like, you need to win games. You need to play pretty well, and you need to to get a little a little bounce to go your way. And kind of all those things happened. Yep. Uh, and just in case you're curious, you know, we thought going into this game that there was going to be lots of bunkering going on. And, and and we even thought that Flower City, who's played us very, very well in a, a heavily compressed mid-block or in a, in a bunker, that they would come out and do it again and just try to scrape away a point. I for sure did. And they, they came out and just decided that the the calculus for zero points versus one point just didn't matter very much for them. It and was so zero they, versus and, three. And so they came, they came out willing to accept zero points to give them a chance to get three. And... Um, and even, even though they, they played a little open, which meant they committed numbers forward and attack, they played a back three. So there was, there was a, you know, usually to be fair, they played a back three with two holding midfielders. Like they were, no, 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 no. Just one, just one. Calm down. Just two center backs and a holding midfielder in, in the back three. Uh, but that did leave an extra attacker usually out wide available for crosses or available for, um, for some overloads. And like it, it was, at times a little a little scary um or 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 like close to scary or just scary if you're nervous like me uh in 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 that first half but even then like we still didn't give up that much like Mm -hmm. the chances that they created were just not ultimately that big and i think you can just look at the 22 games we've played this year we have 14 wins and a draw seven ties 14 wins I'm sorry, 14 wins and a loss and then seven draws. Like there's there's a reason. Like so we're one, just we're just a pretty good team. Or damn good team. Um one thing you and I talked about right before going live was like 
if we, and this is just such a weird thing to think about, if we had 14 wins, four losses, and four draws, that would feel better than 14 wins, one loss, and seven draws because... And we'd, I'm not, we'd only be down three points, but like we would feel way more normal. Because and, since we have no losses, every draw feels like a loss. We have one or loss. we have one. But you know what I mean? Because we have almost no losses. Yeah. Every law, every draw feels like a loss. And that's not fair. That's not true. Like We're incredibly good in all those and, losses. And some, of those, and some of those draws, by the way, like... Should have been losses. Could have been a loss. Should have been in the sense that we rescued one at the end or whatever else. So, yeah, I'm not a... I've, this is an unbelievable, unbelievable record. It's just weird to think of it that way. Yeah. Uh, my first point, defense is still elite. We are still allowed very little. The only the only big, truly massive chance we allowed was of our own doing. And if if we're going to control our own destiny and only ch- big chances we allow are our own doing, I will fucking take that. Um, Flower City set out to play. Same thing as you said. Uh, and look, we carved them up for most of the game. Didn't always result in, so- in shots. Big step forward. Two more games to make progress, but I feel very, very good about this. I know we've said that before. And then sometimes you don't have to play a perfect game. You just need to show up at the right time in the right moments. And something that we did for the first, I would argue half of the season is we did show up in those right moments um, to, to either get the draw or get the win. And then we kind of had that lull where maybe we didn't. Uh, and now we're kind of back to doing that. So I know it's only two games, but this feels right. This feels like a big step in the right direction. And I am very, very, very happy uh, about the direction where we're going. Matthew, anything left? No, I think we covered, we covered the games. We covered the, the, the progress. We covered the, the weird league shit. I agree. I agree. Well, listeners, thank you for listening. Um, Viewers, if you're on the YouTube, thank you for viewing us. And we will catch up with you very soon. Get those tickets for uh, playoff tickets are on sale for November 5th. And don't forget October 25th, throwback game, $5 tickets. Come see that game, assuming Club de Leon decides to travel. That's a whole other thing. Peace. (laughs) 